Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? You want to talk to the Patreons, Nathan? There they are. What do you want to say? Will they be the only ones listening? Probably. We'll have to chance it. Real Feels intends to record a spy genre. Break. We promise we won't do something controversial in election year, such as Team America. Break. Also, no low-hanging fruit like Mission Impossible or James Bond. Break. And we won't do any old spy movies so we don't muddle the waters with films that only Jack loves, Drew's only seen once, <laughs> and I've never fucking heard of. Break. Basically, it needs to be under the radar, makes people question why I selected it, but still a badass fan favorite. Break. Can they acknowledge with a five-star review? They can. Question is, will they? Verify our loyalties to real films. One five-star review. I'll be damned. What now? All right. Uh, first, uh, uh, shower water. Uh, uh, Pepsi. Uh, I need a phone. I need a phone. Okay. Send this. You out of your mind, Nathan? Just send it. Just tell me one thing. How did you know that I wouldn't pick this film? I didn't, Jack. I had a 1 in 253 genre chance, and I fucking love this movie. Sorry. Uh, that's alright, Nathan. My picks are so dated, I might as well pick It's a Wonderful Life for my Christmas movie. Reverify our loyalties to real films. One... Touchline voicemail. But sir, I just left a five. Give him a call. One Touchline voicemail, please. Now what the hell is this? The audience is expecting a spy movie. I just hope they're ready for a little more Sean Connery. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jack. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast, and we are doing. Uh, a very interesting um, choice, but I'm sorry, it's just too good to pick and pass up. 1990s, The Hunt for Red October. Mm. The most brilliant commander in the Soviet Navy. Remy has trained most of their officer corps. He's nearly a legend in the submarine community. The most deadly submarine ever built. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington. Nobody'd know a thing about it until it was all over. And once more, we play our dangerous game with our old adversaries in the American Navy. His plan is a mystery. A man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. Apparently, he has suffered a kind of nervous breakdown in which he announced his intention to fire his missiles on the United States. He wants to help you hunt him down and kill him. 
Open the outer doors. Firing point procedures. We sail into history. I'm going to blow him right to Mars. Ramius might be trying to defect. You're just an analyst. What can you possibly know what goes on in this mine? I'll give you three days to prove your theory correct. I am not field personnel. I am only an analyst. You're perfect. I'm expendable. He's defecting. You're willing to bet your life on that? From the best-selling novel by Tom Clancy. From the director of Die Hard. Give this man a chance. My orders are specific. Battle stations. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, James Earl Jones, Scott Glenn, Sam Neill. The Hunt for Red October. I am uh, Boatswan Nathan Boatsman. And I'll be Drew. I'm the goddamn cook! (laughs) (laughs) This is Jack Mancuso of the USS Dallas. Down ladder! Down ladder! Make a hole! Make a hole! Make a hole! (laughs) 1990s Red October. What do you guys... I mean, let's go with the... uh, Have you guys ever watched this film before? Maybe a time or two. (laughs) Just once or twice. Jack has obviously seen it far more (laughs) than probably either of us combined. Um, gives yeah. me the real feels. I watch it when it's on the TV anytime. I love Red October. I probably haven't seen this movie uh, since I was about, I might have been like a sophomore in high school when I saw it. So it was like around like 2000 when I saw it for the first time. Okay. But I mean, I still greatly enjoyed it. I and it was fun to watch it again and notice far, uh, far more actors that I would recognize now after seeing so many films. This is right up there for me with um, Aliens, Saving Private Ryan, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, any of the Star Wars or the Lord of the Rings. Like if it's on and I'm not doing anything, I'm watching some Red October. <laughs> it's such a fun movie, and there's too many times when I'll say lines from it and no one no one knows that i'm saying lines from it the biggest one i swear to god it's not like a normal one it's just this one's gonna be close and (laughs) and no one knows what i'm talking about but it's still that it's that homage to the red october anytime i say move it i say it like sam neil and move it Well, I mean, even when uh, Jack and I were uh, rather enjoying, you know, Mr. Um, oh, crap. Now I can't think of the name. Um, no, no, no. Executive decision. Ooh, yeah. Gosh, who's Kurt Russell? No, who's no, no. Executive s- decision is the, the man, the myth, the, the <laughs> asshole. Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal. That's it. Steven yeah. Seagal. And what's our movie that we love with Steven Seagal? Under Siege. Yes, Under Siege. Even when we were watching Under Siege, I, why, did, right why did I fuck up that movie? I don't know. But when we watched Under Siege, Jack kept going like, it's the goddamn cook. <laughs> <laughs> so even watching Under Siege, he will quote Ryan for Red October. Well, it, it, this movie stands apart. It's the first Jack Ryan film. And it's the only Jack Ryan film pre-Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would have come out as well if they did cast Harrison Ford for this one because mm. this is like I think Alec Baldwin does a good job of playing just like the analyst yeah whereas uh, Harrison Ford like I love Patriot Games uh, and I love Cleared Present Danger but that's those are a little bit more like I'm gonna like you know save the the 
Prince of Wales and go into South America against the drug cartels. Like, there's a little bit more action oriented, I think. This is a little bit more like he's he's afraid of turbulence. And I like how that's a running theme. And yeah. Yeah, it's what do you guys? I mean, it's fun. I I do enjoy Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan, the first portrayal of Jack Ryan in any film. I am also very glad that uh, we did not uh, have Alec Baldwin replaced or another actor step in. More importantly, the same decision that was made for when Arnold Schwarzenegger passed on the role of Ramius. I do not see Schwarzenegger doing that well. Uh, Manning a Russian Basile, give me <laughs> a <laughs> pig. One pig. Give me a pig, goddammit, I kill you. Some of these things don't react well to bullets. <laughs> Get us periscope death. Depth. You slipped on his own tea. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It, it, would not, it would not have worked well. I mean, the same thing for Kevin Costner passing up the role of Jack Ryan. Thank God to go do Dances with Wolves. Now, did you guys read about the ponytail story? Do, do story time, kids. Story time, kids. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Sean Connery had about as much cachet as any actor could coming on set to hunt for an October. And he had so much star power that he could kind of bully around the director and the crew. So he had the budget spend $20,000 on a hairpiece for him, which featured a ponytail, a short <laughs> ponytail in the back that was sort of bound up. So there wasn't any loose hair at the bottom bottom and he wore it for the first you know day or so of shooting but on camera it looked like he just had a limp brown dick swinging oh around gosh. off the back of his head how would that even be like I, it doesn't seem like a like the russian navy would allow something no, so no but he thought it, he, he thought it would be cool until like no. the crew and the other actors and the directors started to sort of make fun of it uh so they got him a new hairpiece and had to reshoot several scenes Scenes, key scenes to get rid of the brown hair dick that was uh, flopping around the back of his neck for some of those scenes. <laughs> like, why? Why would that be a thing? I don't know. That that's that's crazy. I don't know. I mean, even with Sean Connery playing Ramius, which is I think really really done well, and I think it's fantastic. However, did you know that he was a last minute replacement for the film? Yeah, and for. Like, I, I thought they replaced him well. The guy he replaced did, I don't think he had quite the star power well, he, he, for it. Well, he was, he was you know, he started in, uh, out of Africa. But I mean, it was kind of like that same thing with Sean Connery walking into like the Untouchables. It's like, this is not my first barbecue. I mean, <laughs> he literally showed up one day of rehearsal ready for the role. Oh, yeah. Or like he went out and played like a full ga- full days of golf. So and then yep. just showed up for just his scenes in the evening. <laughs> Or when he, you know, was getting semi-drunk on the set of Highlander during the Scotland scenes. I I think we can just all agree that Sean Connery is quite the badass. (laughs) What do you think of the ambiance of where I'm recording? They're like, are you in a fucking public bathroom where are you no <laughs> i'm in uh, i, I am in trucks. spain but i am in a bathroom <laughs> like god oh. something as petty as slipping on the tea i'm just so sorry oh sir shut up I'm, sean shut, oh, shut up i will see the shut up tim curry accommodation sir <laughs> uh, don't you the, the, uh, the what is it the uh the name of linen. Yeah. It's like, don't you have a time warp to dance or or a, uh, a house to be a butler in? You went to the kitchen. 
I mean, but I mean, it's it's fun. Then who was in the reactor? Someone disabled the caterpillar bribe. I noticed that Mr. Brian here did not. Captain, it's a radiation leak. Venting the ass simply won't do. The Soviet Union always gets their man. Jack Ryan was a man? So the average Russian don't take a dump without a plan. Jeez. You have such a crossover with so many actors in this film who have done movies together, like either before or even afterwards. It's an impressive cast. To boot. And I mean, not only the director for doing things like lesser, you know, more impressive films like Rollerball, but let's more focus on things like Predator, Last Action Hero, Die Hard. Also do, do, yeah, Die Hard. Die Hard and with in a Vengeance. Fact, he passed on uh, Die Hard 2 to direct this movie. Right. And it, and then he came back for Die Hard 3. Yeah. But I mean, you have an impressive thing for everything for this movie is putting out actors, you know, sound quality. Great. Great set. Just the the line that we quote all the time, one ping only, is it things like that really set the tone of this movie and go, ooh, I li- like I remember that. But we're talking about actors and this movie is riddled with good actors. It's like mm-hmm. the best of the best of the the nineties American cinema. Mm. People that you're like, oh, wait, I've seen him around a lot. Like the guy who says, like, you know, uh uh the Russians don't take a poop without, Courtney you know, making Vance. a plan. Uh, who, you know, this one's gonna be close. Uh, he was Johnny Cochran in <laughs> The People versus o- American American Crime Story, uh, where he's, it's The People versus OJ, and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s OJ. God, that was such a good, yeah. such a good show. Mm-hmm. And then even the guy who had, like, maybe three scenes in it, the goddamn cook, uh, his name is uh, Tomas Arena. He played uh, Maximus's, you know, right-hand subordinate in The Gladiator, the general that was directly underneath him that ends up betraying him and taking over the Legion. Wait, the dude, the, the dude Sis- with the scar? No, yes. not Sister oh, the Scarfo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Quintus? No, no, no. Oh, he was in the no, no, very no. first battle. Uh, is it Quintus? Oh, no, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. I can see I can see him in the Roman like attire. I can see him in my head. I just the name is just not there. But he played like his, you know, at my my signal, unleash hell. Mm-hmm. He's the one who took oh, okay. Maximus yeah, he, out. It was Quintus. Ex- you're right. Yeah, it, Quintus, it was Quintus. Yeah. He took him out to execute him. Yes. Uh, and then you know, Scott Glenn, who was just in our Silence of the Lambs. But he's still looking good. He's in a sub. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, James Earl Jones is a Rear Admiral Greer. And I, even uh, he's the only character to continue the same role into the next Jack Ryan film. Now that that is such a small mm-hmm. little. Part Heart, but man, does he? I mean, like, granted, he doesn't like have a lot to do, but it's just such a cool thing to like see him in. You're like, ah, you're here. If I could go back in time, I'd whisper him on to do bigger and better things. Keep going. <laughs> Tupolev is said to have a, a small place, a, a special place in his heart for you. Tupolev only has room in his heart <laughs> for, for Tupolev. Tupolev. I, I absolutely loved watching uh, Joss Acklin play Andre the Ambassador, because while he was talking, you just hear him say, like, well, I don't know, Mr. President, I, I, the, the, the Russians there. I keep on waiting for him to bust out and go, diplomatic immunity <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> or him from to just like, yes, or him to, like, walk out of the room and go, like, I will return to Russia. Quack, 
quack, quack. Gordon, quack. <laughs> you must be because he's the old man in Mighty Ducks. He's fly yes! together. <laughs> Sub sync together. <laughs> together. Mister <laughs> Ambassador, you have laid so many sonar buoys in the North Atlantic that one could walk yes. from Scotland to Iceland without getting their feet That's wet. That's good writing. I love that line. I love that. And it's so in your face, too. And I love when he's just like, he takes the candy dish away from him at the end. And I love when he's all like, uh, there's been something else. Uh, We have an alpha class sub that we have not heard from for some time. And it's like, Andre, have you lost another Russian sub? And he's just like, okay. (laughs) Right, I'm a politician, but I'm not kissing babies. I'm stealing the lollipops. Oh, that's so good, (laughs) too. The way he says lollipops is so creepy. He's like, I'm stealing the (laughs) lollipops. You really stuck it to the general there. Oh, it wasn't really my intention. Oh, yes, it was. He was was being patronizing, and he deserved it. I met him at the you know the ambassador dinner and, and you know wherever. Have you met him, General? <laughs> oh, you just quieted down. You took it to him. <laughs> when can you leave? And then another another notable thing about this movie is, uh, except for uh, Doctor Beverly Crusher playing uh, yep. his wife. Uh, what, what's her name, Drew? Uh, Gate Gates McFadden. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Gates McFadden and like a woman in the background when he uh, Ryan goes to uh, see Jeffrey Jones in the submarine yard. Those are the only two women in this entire movie. So it is a bit of a sausage fest, but I don't think that detracts from the movie whatsoever. No, no. Uh, however, one of the directors uh, that was up for the movie itself passed on the movie because they did not want to direct an all male cast. So, I mean, it it was kind of an issue for some, but it's not it. it, I don't think it detracts from the film in any way, shape or form. I mean, however, uh, Gates was promised more uh, scenes and she was also she only took the role upon the promise of expanding her character in the next film, which was kind of wishy washy. And a lot of her scenes in this movie itself were cut out. And she was also uh, hired for the role or available for that role because that was shot during the uh, one of the seasons The I think it's the second th- second season when she was uh, unceremoniously booted off of Next Generation, and you have that weird season and a half where it has the other Doctor that's kind of a bitch and kind of a dick to to Data. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of oh, women representation in movies in moments where maybe originally it wasn't intended. Jurassic Park, like with Tim and Lex, originally Tim's the one that like does all the computer shit and Lex is, you know, in the book is kind of like, ah, oh, like enhance. <laughs> enhance. 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 I think that it's a fine adjustment for the movie to make Lex, you know, more involved and to give women more of a role. I, I, I have no problem with that in a movie about submarines and a historical, I mean like a historical fiction border, cold war, cold war. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe you don't. I'm glad they didn't just shoehorn in a female role just so they can like meet a quota. Like it, it does. It would not have taken. It would have taken away from the film. I think. I'm trying to think like where they would have even put like a female role because, like Jack was saying, all you have is you know Gates playing the wife. You have a few female like, characters in the background when the commander of the Red Fleet is walking through his office, going yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, you have yeah, you have yeah. like a, the secretary stand up. You have another female stand up from a chair that's obviously like waiting. Although I am I'm impressed that he has to pass through like 
four sets of doors to finally get to his Maybe, office. like, the helicopter pilot could have been a female, like, or... Uh, Maybe. Speaking of the helicopter, I was so, I was so freaking excited. I wrote down the guy's name, and I got so excited seeing him there. Okay, Rick Ducommon. Du, uh, du, uh, common. I was so excited to see him. He's all like, you should have seen the, he- the the turbulence here. The guy just, I blew up, I threw up all over this. Are you hungry? You want a bite? And I'm watching him and I'm going like, you are just as annoying and funny as you were in the burbs. I <laughs> absolutely loved seeing him. I got super excited. And he cameos all over the place. He even cameoed as one of the uh, utility guys that is, they're trying to get to shut off the electricity in uh, Die Hard. Like, he was in oh. a lot of little things. He wasn't an actor by trade. He was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. But he made a lot of cameos during those days. I think he died not too long he ago. He died in 2015. We gotta sh- yeah. shut it down. Shut it down now like that that electrician die hard uh oh well, i don't know but okay. i know he's in it because i looked the guy there up like drew did <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of shut it down uh i have a i just want the right time so i can loudly whistle and do the short cut off <laughs> when the engineer on the red october has them shut down the caterpillar drive i think shut that's just down. a great little <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of exactly like why they called it a caterpillar drive. Have you ever seen a caterpillar walk? Yeah, it, it, it like inches. So it's it's doing the same thing with the water. Oh, and okay. caterpillars are relatively quiet. I mean, they don't. Why well, maybe <laughs> is that? <laughs> Have you taken the time to like put your to put your ear? <laughs> Take another swig of this bitch water and let's dig in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the ping for the sonar and everything it took over five hundred different pings in order to get the 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 right one for the movie before the director you know even found one that he liked. I mean, wait, no, no, no. Play that other, play uh, ping number 17 again. Mm. <laughs> 17 and 18. Mm. Well, it's good. Like, like checking eye lenses, like, you know, mm, number four. Well, I mean, like, a lot five. of things like went into the, <laughs> yeah, right. And a lot of things went into the sound. I mean, for example, like the squeals and groans of the submarine when they were like under stress, that was taken from the sounds from Disneyland Space Mountain roller coaster as the cars were going around the turns. Mm. Captain, high velocity scrum, torpedo in the water. <laughs> that first torpedo that um is fired and that they're dealing with. At, uh, at, the, at what, Thor's twins? That is the, that's a great but scene. But it's the longest torpedo, like. You could have, uh, you could go anywhere. Like that torpedo's like six minutes in the water. Okay, like, but it, but but that's not the point. It doesn't click. matter if it's the longest scene. It's the fact that they are already in Thor's twins. Where the hell are they going to go? Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't matter if it's right behind them and it's slowly gaining. They they can't go. They can't turn. They literally have to keep going. You are relieved. And I mean, Sean, and with you know Connery, good. immediately going yeah, saying like you're relieved. Woody buckles his seatbelt. <laughs> He knew he was all like, buckle up. Cowboy. <laughs> I just wanted like Samuel Jackson to like poke his head out of the corner. Hold on to your butts. This one's gonna be close. Uh, <laughs> Neill does a really good um, supporting not because he, he tends to like yeah. be the, such a quiet lead. Uh, I think that he was in like Jurassic Park. Like he's. I, yeah, I think it depends on like what, yeah, what you're seeing him as a quiet lead in. But yeah, like Sean Connery. Sean Connery is not obvious. I mean, he's probably the would arguably the biggest star in this. 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But he's still, I mean, he's only like one of the, you know, kind of three. I mean, Alec Baldwin did do Zardoz. What had Alec done, like, what had Baldwin done before this? I, I mean, obviously Beetlejuice. But I mean, what came before, like on October that's for him? Your, uh, like, me- that's your that's your measuring stick is Alec Baldwin and Beale. That's my reference uh, for Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I think it's one of the most iconic roles that he has. Are you kidding me? I mean, I can't really think of much else with him around that time. Nineteen eighty. What was he doing in nineteen eighty? Nineteen ninety. Okay, well, and and one of my favorites, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah, that is a good one. That's a fantastic movie. Working Girl. What? No. With Melanie Griffin? Or Griffin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was in, he was in talk radio. He does the edge seven years later, so he he had obviously hadn't hit a stride until You wanna lay down and die, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> We, I know, I noticed once again, like we're repeating some actors, which is fine because there's just good movies for it. I swear, I did everything I could not to pick every movie Sean Connery, and it still kind of happened. Like every time I'm, I'm looking through, I'm like, ooh, this is what I got for a spy. Nathan's mm. going to sleep, uh, you know, the the uh, evening after our last grab baggins, and he just wakes up from a dream to Sean Connery going, "What are you willing to do?" <laughs> <laughs> Just like a dango. <laughs> go oh, gosh. I'm a, well, I can't shoehorn that into spy, but I could do gangster. <laughs> Can make it work whatever you want. If you were to get gangster, I I I swear it better be something like Dick Tracy or didn't I, get, didn't I do? Oh, you did gangster. That's right, you did. There's other things. There's like espionage or in different things, but I want them to remake Dick Tracy so bad. I but love it's so it. it's so good the way it is. But I mean, like Dick Tra- Dick Tracy, and then you have Alec Baldwin like, and Tim Curry again years later doing The Shadow. Oh, oh, The Shadow is just it's so much cheese. It's so much cheese. Just layered on the top of them chips. The problem with Dick Tracy is because <laughs> they, uh, I, I, I feel like you bringing up the shadow is like somebody sitting at an Italian restaurant and they're like, fresh, freshly grated Parmesan cheese? Oh, yes. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and keep going. Oh, do, I feel like it's more like, don't worry. <laughs> I brought my own. Like, fuck me up with and cheese. Like, like, am, I, no, am I the guy I, in that I can, old... If I can still see the pasta, that's not enough cheese. <laughs> that's not cheese. Am I the guy in that old commercial, Jack, where where they say, like, pass the pear fruit. Pass the pear fruit. Pass the jelly. A <laughs> <laughs> great PayPal. Am I, am I that guy? <laughs> so, the when Boatman... Hold on. The seaman, the sonar guy. Seaman Jones. Seaman Beaumont. And Beaumont. The, the sonar guy. When they're giving yeah, that, like, so are you, Jonesy. Like, I don't really like that they're Jonesy. giving Jonesy a lot of shit. Like, it's kind of weird that he's like, hmm, I seen a mermaid, and I seen a, uh, you know, a shark eating octopus, but I never seen no Russian spam. Well, he's up. the, yeah, he's the only guy who's giving him exactly. some crap, but even the captain is, even the captain's like, well, no, but captain, I did this, and he's like, well, calm down, Jonesy, you sold me. Like, he believes him, and he's good to go. I mean, hell, Jonesy comes aboard the Russian sub, even. And I'm thinking, like, what's his purpose for coming? Oh, that's right. It's to replace the current Russian officer of his yeah. job <laughs> at, the, at the sonar. <laughs> Turn that knob until it reaches 315. Three, five. Five. Uh, five. Don't you turn that knob. That's an order. <laughs> it's like, you're going to kill us what, all. Uh, what books? Uh, wrote a book called The Fighting Sailor about Admiral Halsey. I've read these books. 
Your conclusion was we're all wrong. Paul's acted stupidly. I love it. Yeah, he's just on his spare time I, reading books that uh, this Jack Ryan guy has written about the sea. I don't know. That's well. I mean, you would think that Ramius is going to be like a again well educated, well rounded man, and he's he's going to look up different things. I guarantee that Jack Ryan is reading some books in Russian where that are on naval exports and you know battle tactics yeah. and, tactics and stuff. Even Ryan says like you should know your enemy, which is why Ryan knows enough Russian to find out that Ramius calls Glenn a cowboy. So you're saying <laughs> that uh, Ramius, by reading these That's books, is skilled <laughs> in the arts of. <laughs> You know, as as far as this movie goes, it's got all the different viewpoints and one of the and it's got some quirky little fun elements. I love when he goes to meet the political officer in his cabin to open up the orders, and that's when they do the transition from Russian to English. Mm. And I like how they slowly zoom in on the guy's mouth until he says the word Armageddon, which is the same in both English and in, in Russian. Yeah, uh, I think that that was a cool little way of, of signaling to the audience without, you know, slapping in the face with it that okay we're done with the russian now we all get that they're russian connery you can go back to being full fucking scottish now and everybody like there's there was just a whole amalgamation for anybody who was supposed to be russian like the um the high admiral of the red banner fleet you know yeah 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 when he walks into his office he it feels like he's got like gus the mechanic who's like good morning sir uh, they have some tea there's a letter on your desk from marco ramis oh marco <laughs> It's like they're all supposed to be Russian. This dude is like they 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 pulled him out of like like a 1940s detective story or some shit. Oh, but I do like the office. He's surrounded by history. You see all the old portraits and photographs of like the, you know, the commanders and the admirals. And did you, I loved his letter opener. It was a freaking saber. It was like a miniature saber. And then he spills the tea, which the tea set is the exact same tea set that Ramius has aboard the, uh, the submarine. Standard issue Russian tea set. Standard issue. It belongs to you, Drew. It belongs to the Russian people. It belongs to the museum. That tea set. So do you, <laughs> this is the second movie that I I honestly think nails like Jack was saying the uh the inner exchange of hey this is what they're talking about now we're going to take that language and we're going to break it into English so you can just enjoy the movie. And, oh, this is how he, like, learns it. Haha, <laughs> done. 13th Warrior really does that well, where Antonio Banderas mm. is, like, listening to them, picking up little bits and pieces, and interpreting it into the language, quote-unquote, that you understand that Antonio Banderas is speaking. And, oh, I now can speak your language. Let's just continue this whole movie in this fucking language. Bo. Which again, by by this same director. Ah! Yeah, did you not know that? I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> and I do miss movies like this, the the sort of gritty Cold War mm. movies. Uh, we just don't get many of them anymore because the Cold War is just not sexy. <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, but I mean, to summarize for maybe a listener out there or a fan out there that has never seen Hunt for the October, there's a new Soviet m- ballistic missile sub that has a silent propulsion drive. And this would enable the, the submarine to basically like freaking drive up the, you know, the Hudson Bay. Yeah. Or the, the Hudson River and just rain missiles down and not get detected by anything. So uh, Ramius, uh, played by Sean Connery, is going to defect to the U.S. But there's little, you know, differences. So 
you know, he goes to meet the political officer to get his, you know, so they could open the orders because on Russian military vessels, there was a political officer who Oversee. would sort of make sure that people didn't act too independently. <laughs> and of course, there was also could be KGB or GRU agents that if somebody did try to defect, they would then try to stop them. And so in a Russian submarine or an American submarine, it would, if they were going to launch a missile, they would need the keys of the captain and the executive officer. On a Russian submarine, they would need the keys of the captain and the political officer. Because they officer. speak for Russia. Uh, so that's just a little bit of the difference as far as the command structure and, and where their values lay. And I, I still find those little details mm. kind of fascinating. Yeah, I, I also love the fact that the guy's name is Putin and he kind of looks like Putin and then he gets his trachea stomped on. <laughs> <laughs> you should try reading books instead of but burning them. I, I do them. feel that uh, t- Tim Curry, even <laughs> the Tim Curry played a played a, a decent role, but I, I feel like place. he was sort of un, underutilized yeah, and sort of used as sort of like the boob, <laughs> like when uh, Sam Neill asked him, like, and they like he's sitting there in the mess hall, and he's like, oh, of course, and then we went to the Bolshoi and saw the new ballerina, and he's like, yeah, get this fucking guy out of here. He's not one of the defectors. Like, get us the figures on the latest radiation guy. Oh, now. But now. I'm, <laughs> yes, but I'm might as well work up the numbers on the other one. <laughs> I was talking about the bullshit. We're serving cake. <laughs> Locks door. That'll take him a while. <laughs> I, I I always wondered, like, when I was watching this, we know that the cook is obviously the one who stays on after and unfortunately shoots Sam Neill's character aiming for the captain. But I, I just wondered if he was a KGB plant. The cook? I the think cook, why they, that's why they brought it up. Well, of in the course, beginning. it's it's yeah. never, it's never divulged. So the scene but when, when no, it kind of it, it's alluded to. So the scene where Ramius is reading the orders, and we shall lay off their biggest shitty and conduct missile drills while we listen to their rock and roll. The cook, they cut to the cook, and he's in the kitchen cooking, and he kind of looks up like. No, those aren't the orders at all. Oh. And afterwards is when he, because he, he obviously sabotages the mm-hmm. Caterpillar drive. So he is some sort of KGB Pasa, or okay. GRU yeah. and And I'm not saying this to say, no, Drew, you're wrong. <laughs> Fuck you. I say this because I've seen this movie way too many times. We're just like uh, an ungodly <laughs> amount of times. <laughs> Like, I've seen it so many times that sometimes I'm showering and I will start muddling through the phonetics of the Russian, uh, 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 national anthem. Their national anthem. Okay, and let's give that choir, like, a round of applause because they go from sounding completely awful to the next scene. They are pitch perfect harmonious (laughs) and sounding like they are ready for like some type of national event captain it just up and disappeared and for a moment yes jonesy i thought i heard singing (laughs) it's like are they turning no let them sing but i mean it gives good flavor like the Pavarotti paganini scene and then the like they kind of set up for borden's death when he goes to uh rabius's cabin and he's pulling like the you know you could travel State to state with, without any papers? State to state. Then I will live in Montana. And I will marry a round American woman and raise rabbits. And she will cook them for me. And I will have a pickup truck. Or um, possibly even a recreational vehicle. 
and drive from state to state. Do they let you do that? Yes. No papers? No papers. State to state. All right, commence your turn. Well then, in winter I will live in Arizona. Actually, I think I will need two wives. Oh, at least. <laughs> Maybe I will drive a recreational vehicle. Maybe I'll have two wives and I'll spend my <laughs> summer or my winters in yeah, Arizona. He's, he's definitely having that moment where it's kind of like, I mean, you know, take a look back at Walk Hard where it's all like, <laughs> come on, Dewey, nothing's going to happen with this long walk of ours. Montana, and I could, I could race the rabbits. When he said the rabbits, I just, I thought of, uh, tell me about the rabbits, George. Like, oh, <laughs> And we're going to need more rabbits. 50,000 rabbit hutches. <laughs> you never once. <laughs> <laughs> said one nice never. thing about my Kremlin. Not once. <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the best. Like, it's a well yes. done death. Like, he, you know, he collapses. Connery rips his shirt open. You know, he's obviously shot, you know, in the chest or near the heart. And I would have liked to have seen Montana. Like, hey, we've all quoted yeah. that somewhere, some shape or form during our lives. I would have liked to have seen Montana. It's not something, anything where he's all like, you know, you know, God bless the Ooh. motherland or like you were a good friend. Like he's he, committed at that point. He's full. He's already on. He, he's 100 percent committed after that conversation where he's all like, OK, I'm on board, but I'm not quite sure. Tell me about, you know, tell me about the Americas. Like, I think I would live in Arizona. And then he tells me, he's like, you can go do whatever you want. Like, there's no papers. Go have two wives go you know go do this raise rabbits and he's all like yes yes that's montana it, it, he you know that there is such lament in his eyes and unfortunately you know not everyone makes it out but no americans really get you know yeah yeah it's die or anything? No. I mean, I, I will question the intelligence of the man who fired the missile that was dropped into the water that James Earl Jones self-detonated early. Because when James Earl Jones leans over and says, like, all right, that, like, you know, that missile didn't didn't self-destruct. You, you heard that. You heard that missile. It was torpedo hit the submarine. You heard it. You heard, you it, heard it impact. And I, and he unfolds his badge. He's like, was not here. And I'm thinking, wouldn't he like, have introduced himself beforehand? Because who is like, this officer hey, that would allow a random person? What the fuck are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Sir, are you reaching over? No, 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 no. Captain Bayou. <laughs> I'm thinking like, why, Mind the why is he introducing himself? Mind he doesn't need subs. to introduce himself. <laughs> Too many mine. <laughs> Too many minds. <laughs> but I mean, that is, uh, I enjoy the whole movie, but that is a great submarine duel there. At yes. The end. And the switching off of the roles, you know, when, uh, you know, initially when Ramius leads, you know, Ryan into the torpedo path because he knows that the Russian firing procedure, he's probably going to, if he can close the, the gap and the torpedo hits them without the, the safeties disengaging, they'll be fine. But then they leave to go after the cook, and then Bert Mancuso takes over, and then everything going on with that, and then the uh, EXO of the Dallas taking over, and them sort of coming in behind to uh, take uh, take the torpedo off their tail. Like that is like by your fingernails, just great action. Yeah, 
I, oh, I, I loved the tenacity yes. of Stellan Skarsgård going like, these are seven hours old. Like, get us on the right track. At first, I thought that it was it was more that he was mad because like, no, I think that like it's more because like he he got seven hour old uh, plans. Or, or I, oh, he might feel betrayed. Yeah, because his his teacher is now defecting. Well, I mean, if they're at a certain depth, they can't get those transmissions till they come up. So that's why right. it was seven hours I think old. That in a way, he's he's so like pro Russia, like just so like I want sure. like for anything for the motherland, whatever the and for. For him to not get those orders, to not be a part of the hunt for, you know, it'd be like yeah. uh, going against one of the legends of whatever field you're in. You're like, oh, my gosh, well, of course. And that's I wanna- what he. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. But I mean, also with him going against fair game. Hell right. Yeah. And he's going against his old teacher. And now his teacher, the man who taught him about being a Russian sub captain, the one who taught him about, you know, promoting the motherland and fighting for the motherland. And like you are Russia, you represent Russia is now defecting. Uh, no, no, I'm going to shove a a, a torpedo like right up his ass. Well, and that's that's the the only hole I can find in the plot. And it's bothered me for years. (laughs) It's a it's a Russian. It's a Russian alpha sub. How does that make you feel? They've got more than one fucking (laughs) torpedo tube. In fact, they've probably have four to six torpedo tubes. So He's just like launching one torpedo at a time when in reality, if this was real world fucking duking out, he would be launching fucking like at least, you know, two to four torpedoes at a time. So that's the only thing that I think is unrealistic. But I mean, if you're launching four torpedoes at a time, then there's not really a whole lot of chance that your countermeasures and even the Dallas helping you out are going to make a whole you know why he wasn't firing four torpedoes because that is the soviet russian people's torpedoes and you can't be (laughs) wasting those torpedoes just if you're gonna overkill you must account for every torpedo for every port torpedo that you shoot you must answer to the people of russia one of your crew members (laughs) how many children do you have captain tupolev Four. You get four <laughs> torpedoes to fire. For each one that misses, oh, we kill one of your children. <laughs> in fact, load the child in with the torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Will you fire, Captain? But my child. What of Russia? <laughs> Think of the motherland. <laughs> Think of the motherland. She will she will give you more. Think of Montana. Wait. <laughs> what if Montana was just like what they told their crewmates like if you ever do go to America, go to fucking Montana. <laughs> it is quiet. It's kind of like Siberia. Like you'll you'll fit in great. <laughs> you'll fit in great. Careful Tupolev. Most kids in here Do don't react well to torpedoes. Oh, Out of all the Jack oh, Ryan films, God. I mean, did you guys already say I didn't maybe didn't hear it, but like what is your favorite of the Jack Ryan films for me it's red october just because i love a gritty submarine movie if i had to pick one that wasn't uh red october it would be uh patriot games okay true but i mean clear and pleasant danger clear and present danger isn't bad either true i was gonna say clear and present danger but now that i i had to like look up like remember to which ones were jack ryan movies i really enjoy some of all fears see after okay okay. but that wasn't that was ben affleck wasn't it yeah so i I don't really count those oh okay okay we're talking i'm talking about just the movies patriot games is patriot games is really good but i sorry john krasinski i just i just like some of all fears okay john give me some morgan freeman and 
I don't know why. I'm sucked in. Jack, did you not like the new Jack Ryan series? I thought it was fine. Hang it up. We're done. We're done. <laughs> it was, it We're was done. fine. We're done. That was fucking gold. Both seasons. Great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. you, you, you start at Elk Baldwin, and then you even bump up to Harrison mm-hmm. Ford, and then down to Ben, Enfle- ben Affleck. And John Krasinski, I've got nothing against him, but... I don't no, know. Notice um, how we're all... It's, it's sort of like it's like Star Wars. Like, are you a fan of all the Star Wars equally? Are you more of a prequels guy? Are you more of original the original trilogy? Are you a, a sequels kind of yeah, a person? No, we're really mincing meat at this point absolutely. because they're all decent movies. Absolutely. But for, for my druthers, I like the, the original trilogy of Red October, Clear and Present Danger, and Patriot yeah. Games. And Clear and Present Danger is my pick just because I think that car scene where they're on the rooftop shooting at them and oh, with all the RPGs oh my, just like just raining down and like they're backing up and blowing through stuff and like the Dude, is that the one where Joe Montaigne played Pablo Escobar? Yeah, he's stealing my <laughs> That sounds <budget>. right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that scene is like just so good to me. It's amazing though that none of us even recognize that there is another Jack Ryan film, but we just don't talk about it because you mean Kevin, the Shadow Recruit, Kevin? Is it Kevin <laughs> Costner and uh, uh, yeah, and Chris Pine? Which I used to love, Chris Pine. I loved loved Chris Pine. And then I don't know why do I not is like that Chris like Pine the that Attack much? of the Clones of the Jack yeah, Ryan you're, series? Yeah, you're gonna probably. <laughs> mingle it with that yeah maybe even phantom menace like i mean it, it may be like <laughs> it's working <laughs> so wizard annie <laughs> it's a wizard jack ryan yes. <laughs> now this is world saving oh, jesus christ <laughs> Uh, Jack Ryan, get down! <laughs> uh, did you guys read any of the books? No. I, <laughs> that's all I, you, Jack. That's, uh, I did read that's all Red Jack. October. And a Jack. I read Red October, and then there's a, a great one. Uh, it's Red Storm Rising, and it's about a hypothetical like World War Three breaking out between NATO and the USSR. And that one is like a seat of your pants, like 800-page fucking blowout. Wow. That's definitely worth it. But those are the only those are the only Clancy books I think I really read. I think I own most of like the Jack Ryan novels, or at least like a, a good handful of them. But I, <laughs> I still haven't read them. It's one of those things where like I would see them at a used bookstore, and I'd be all like, "Oh, Patriot Games. Oh, Hunt for Red October." And then I would just they would they would you know find their way home and just sit in the bookshelf. <laughs> I, I see you going bookshop in like the collector from the Marvel universe, just like Patriot Games. <laughs> are you gonna use that for anything no not really can i borrow it no 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 no, not at all (laughs) when was the last time you read it i haven't when did you get it when i was in college (laughs) it's there when i need it there when i need it and i will go to it one day Are you guys ready for segments? Segments! Judas Breach. Charming. Real renaissance man here. Okay, Ryan, you have two minutes. In two minutes, you must convince another co-host of something that that they are unsure about or knowingly differ on a subject. Lightheart is kind of the target, but we can kind of dip into some real-life shit if we want to. But, uh... Nothing too hard, just more, you know, 
You got two minutes on the clock. Jack, you will be convincing me. Uh, Drew, you will be convincing Jack. And I will be convincing Drew. Jack, uh, who, wants, who wants to start? Who wants to start the... I'll, I'll Olme- go first. I'll go first, but I'm going to ask that uh, you start a timer. Olmec, <laughs> two minutes on the clock. <laughs> uh, tell me when. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. And go. Okay, Nathan, you ought to read some books and I will tell you why. Number one, <laughs> it stimulates your intellect. If your brain is a submarine stew, reading adds spice and depth. You'll find yourself using new synonyms, adjectives, and be surprised at how better you become expressing yourself or constructing formidable arguments. Two, you will find that reading is rewarding. A good book trumps any movie. We've all stayed up too late watching a movie, but there's no other experience than realizing that you cannot put this book down until it's over. The warm afterglow and reflection experienced upon its conclusion Falling asleep while mulling over what you just read comforts the soul as much as falling asleep by a roaring fireplace with a Christmas tree in the background. And third, finally, it's your own experience. In these times, it's important to have something to call your own. While you might get shit for playing video games or your spouse wants to spend time together, reading is an easy compromise. Many nights I've told Anne to put on whatever show or movie she wants and read on the couch beside her or next to her. You don't have headphones on, so conversation is open and you remain accessible. You did that in one One minute. minute. You literally have a whole minute left if you want to throw anything else at him to convince him to read. (laughs) How about about some selective titles? I think if you you got the right book, like, they become addicting. Like, there are, and they all go in cycles where there'll be weeks where I'm like, I gotta read, I gotta chew through these books. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm good for a couple weeks. But it's just, uh, and I feel it's like it's a personal thing. You're not sharing it with anybody else. Right. uh, And those characters are yours. The voices in your head are your own. You're setting the setting. I think you should give it a try. I like it. I like it. That, yeah, that's okay. all I got. Okay. Well, Rainbox. <laughs> right, 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 Uh You know what? We'll just do this. Jack is convincing you. You'll convince me, and then it'll be me all to right. convince Jack. Two minutes on the clock. <laughs> Ready. Ready. Yeah. Drew. Social media is the devil. I am here to be your patron of light and walk you towards the gospel. <laughs> Social media is no longer needed because social media takes away from time you can spend with other people on a real one-on-one basis. If you have a friend that you would like to see a loved one of them, ask them for a picture. It's not weird. Just say it. If you <laughs> if you want to spend time with someone, ask them. I know it's COVID, but things are a little bit different now, and you can still you can still hang out. What we're doing right now, visually hanging out, we should be doing more of. Also, we need to be doing more D&D. D&D is not a social media thing. D&D is fucking awesome. Every time that we get on social media, a little part of us dies. Because we... <laughs> because we buy into the game that Mark Zuckerberg has cr- constructed. So, Drew, I implore you. Drop all social media. Take it from me. Except for yeah, maybe Twitter yeah, yeah. No, and Reelfield. Keep Real it going for, for, for the podcast. But give it a break... <laughs> And see what happens when you take yourself away from everyone else on a political, on a opinion level. I'm telling you, coming from someone who has been Facebook free for five years, 
I'm, I'm four years uh, Facebook it's, it's sober. It's amazing. I don't have to feel like I check it. I don't have to like. I don't feel that draw. I mean, Reddit. You know, I still have. I still have social media in some aspects, but it's not the the worry that I'm going to offend someone that I'm going, I mean, except when I want to offend someone on Reddit, um, you know, it, exactly. But even then it's anonymous. They don't know me. Anonymous. But I'm telling you, social media, it's the devil. Jump out. Love you. <laughs> you had, go ahead you, and jump. You had six seconds to go. We found these debates in the forest. What? Uh, single <laughs> ping. One, one ping. Okay. Convince so, me! So convince I had me. I had quite a few things that I was going to convince Jack of. And I mean one of them being uh, you know, getting back into D D with a certain person. But I think that that would have been a bit of a minefield. Mm. And the other mm. was possibly like, could I convince Jack to really sit down and appreciate Paul Blart Mall Cop? No! <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> But what we're coming down to today is, Jack, I'm going to convince you of, timer starting now, olives. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, what? go ahead. Go ahead. Jack, can we take a moment to talk about olives? You, for one unsung purpose, and I'm not exactly sure when it was, but I distinctly remember in my mind, you said, fuck anything olives. You do not like olives, and I did not understand what? why. Jack, it burned me to my soul, and I didn't, I didn't take it well. But I'm here today to convince you to take part in this vibrant fruit and join us. Join us on the briny, salty side. That is all I ask of you, Jack. The the possibilities are endless when you can add them to recipes, when you can just eat them by themselves, pitted or not. If you want to chew on that pit, buy gum, you chew on that pit. If your olives be stuffed, stuff them to the brims. Jalapenos, blue cheese. If Amen. you want to have a dirty martini, Amen. you make it as dirty as you want. I dream of a day where little, little black olives and little green olives can play together as brother and sister. All right, I'm going to... You you did try, but Drew, I fucking hate olives. I know you do! The salty brightiness every time I eat an olive, and I don't care if people are like, oh, these are imported Spanish olives. <laughs> Whatever olive I put into my mouth, the briny saltiness, I feel like like fucking Poseidon just blew a load in my mouth. <laughs> I don't like it. I tried. I tried and it failed, but <laughs> I, I did knew not know this of Jack. I knew you were here for when he said uh, you probably just don't remember. I I obviously tuned that shit out like it was like a <laughs> bad fucking repressed memory. <laughs> oh my god. Olives? Yeah, yeah Jack hey, listen, doesn't like listen. olives, and that stuck with me. They're the shit. <laughs> olives and capers, I don't do it. Well, capers, I get, I guess, but like <laughs> olives. <laughs> what do you have capers with? Black? Chicken. That's it. So straight up, black <laughs> oh, you, and you green. You get pissed off at me, Nathan, but that one time when you woke up in the middle and I drank up all the milk. <laughs> guess that's okay if you, you just go around <laughs> drinking up all the milk. Black and green, you hate. All of it. Any he any hates olive. any olives. If it's chopped, if it's whole, if it's pitted, if it's stuffed. What I about olives that go on like pizza? Olives. Just normal yeah, I, olives. I won't eat the pizza. Greek <laughs> olives. <laughs> or I will eat the pizza if they were sliced large enough that I can physically pick them out. Wow. 
Jack is not one for olives. I wanted to try. It's not like I, I don't have an adventurous palate. No, just, and you do. That, that, you do. Olives, like, they belong in a museum. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I thought this would probably be the hardest one to convince him of. I think I could probably convince him of Paul Blart sooner. Possibly <laughs> D&D with a specific wow. someone. All but right, even look, that would have been a hard sell. So, um... I, I am obstinate. Um, <laughs> so my one of my buddies, his name is John. I met him playing Xbox, like Call of Duty, like uh, the original World World of War, yep. with the the Nazi zombies. And he was a, a friend that I had worked with, and they grew up in the same hometown. I never met the guy, but we played games for you know like six years straight and so i flew out to new york to meet him and his wife never met them before and he's a chef in new york and i get there and like he's got like his his home brew setup where he's like you know got beer on tap and he serves this charcuterie board and and he's like, you should try the olives. <laughs> and I didn't want to be like a bad guess. And so like, I, I was like, yeah, like these are like fucking imported, like marinated olives. And I'm like, like, so I, I took the olive and I Did put it in my mouth and I, and I bit down and then I cheeked it. And then I was like, oh, all right, man. Yeah, those beers are just really cutting through me. Where, where's the restroom at? And went and spit it out into a piece of toilet paper and flushed it down because I didn't want him to see the revulsion in my face and trying to trying to like like if I had tried to swallow that olive, I might have like yacked the olive or like just the olive onto the table. Like it's just it's a visceral thing for me. Wow, I can't do it. I can't do it. Olives are so fucking good. So well, good. I mean, more it's for just, you guys. Yep. It's just, it's just something he doesn't like. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I would like to have seen Montana. We've talked about places that we would love to retire and visit, but put yourself in Captain Borden's uh, Borden's Borden Borden. Yeah, Borden. Put yourself in Captain Borden's shoes. Sam Neill's place as an officer mapping out a new plan if if they're taken in by America. So it may help to kind of pick a time period. Uh, you can either pick present or you know kind of anywhere in between. I figured it was like today. All right. Um, and if you're defecting from your motherland uh, to a new nationality, what province, state, or region would you eyeball? Lifestyle to live, and are you taking one wife or two? I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. All right, so I would go to Japan. I would uh, defect to Japan. And the Shitako Island, there's a village called Shikarago Village. And it is just like, the. it's kind of like Mandalorian picturesque, but even like better farmstead living. Uh, almost semi-Last Samurai-ish. And it's all perfect. perfect. Oh, and I would, I would go... Like hardcore into rural the, farming, yes, the farm, the farm, Stardew Valley farming life. I would deeply, I would start reading books, mostly things like the Five Rings, other art of war, things that are like you know uh, too many mine. Nathan, I would really bring it down. No social media, Drew. Ba boom. <laughs> <laughs> would you be an olive farmer, you smug fuck? <laughs> 
an olive farmer in Japan. <laughs> oh, jolly good. Oh, yeah, I would uh, I would do it up in Japan. And uh, I would take two wives. <laughs> just for the chaos. Because farm life, you know, is like kind of boring. I need I need the chaos with that. So there we go. That's that's me living. I'm going to give uh, not one place, but just just a few locations where I think I could be very happy. So it, and it's got to be cold mm. because I'm very much a creature of the cold. It's my I, I would love being bundled up. I like the roaring fireplace and the snuggly blankets and the fuzzy robes. Hot weather pisses me off. So I could see Canada, maybe Nova Scotia or uh, Labrador, Ireland. Uh, I could see somewhere in Norway or Sweden or even, you know, like in the Alps in, in Austria or Bavaria. Just somewhere, you know, where there's snow and trees and maybe a, a nice, a nice, you know, glacier fed lake that I would find very relaxing. Th- so those, those, those would be my choices somewhere, you know, maybe the, you know, see the Northern lights, you know, not a whole lot of light pollution. So you can see the stars clearly. I'd be happy with that. Or Iceland, Iceland would be cool. Yeah. Speaking of mighty ducks, that's where we learned that Greenland is, you know, icy and <laughs> Iceland is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> or Greenland. Fuck you. I don't know. Fuck <laughs> Greenland. <laughs> but yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be somewhere cold and uh, one wife or two. Somewhere mostly remote. Uh, or hermit. <laughs> good. Could I like uh, separate housing? Like they live in a village, and I just. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. We're we're doing sister wives. Uh, it's like I'm coming on the weekend, and then <laughs> bye. See you. Oh, I have another business trip. <laughs> yeah. don't have one family have a second family all the way across the country but yeah Yeah. all right well if i were to go anywhere i mean my my first thought in love would of course have been like japan and i would love to live in some place like okinawa if if i were to not choose japan despite the fact that it's like I think in my top three places to ever visit in my life, I I would love to just go live in Ireland. More importantly, I want to go to Limerick, Ireland. All right, and if I'm gonna go there, it's it, it used to get a bad name, but now yep. it's like a it's a Limerick. Hus- is that where they have the famous Irish turtles? The turtles, <laughs> the, 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 the turtles. turtles, the Irish turtles. It is it is very much actually the the home of uh, where Irish coffee was made. So uh, it's also home to the cranberries. So why not? William Wallace killed fifty men. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's a hundred feet tall and shoots fireballs out of his arse. <laughs> but yeah, no, go to go to Limerick, like start a new life, and just you know explore the sites, the castles. You know, I I think I would. I mean, I don't want to fall back on something that's so cliche. Like for myself to say, I'd open up a gaming store. I I would love to open up a bookstore and just have something like so simple and quiet. And uh, I, I'll tell you right now, an Irish accent is just something to behold. But more importantly, I mm, I love me some redheads so it's it's gonna be perfect stuff it's gonna be it's gonna be fun if you did open a uh bookstore would you call it grab baggins (sighs) yes i i will (laughs) i I love that (laughs) that's perfect grab baggins or maybe i'll maybe i'll have a detective agency drew's clues (laughs) (laughs) just pop on down to grab baggins and then stop off at the pet store get some food for the turtles Uh, for the turtles Uh, all right for our third and final segment great kid 
Don't get cocky. The dogfight between the Dallas, the Red October, and the KB Konev... Ooh, how do we... How do we... Konevalov. 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 It's a great fight. But it's missing another sub. So, so give me the details of a second Russian sub that has just pinged and is coming in fast. Include details about the captain and maybe the special crew members and give them uh, an edge in the fight, but also describe how they meet their end. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. So coming into play out of the blue, right behind one of the trenches, you will have, and I even, I even gave it a fun name, you will have the Zloy Bulba, also known as... The Angry Beaver. <laughs> this is a, a Sierra class submarine. It uh, can hold up. It can hold a you know a one thousand pound warhead. It has four six hundred and fifty millimeter tubes. It could carry up to forty torpedoes, anti submarine missiles, or mines. Uh, it has an automatic reloading system for the missiles and torpedoes, similar to that of Soviet tanks. It is uh It's going to be manned by you know a very a very, very cranky, and now I can't think of the actor who, or, oh, man, what's his name? Who was, super, who was Super Mario? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, the the Italian dude? The brothers, the brothers, no. the brothers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, I can't sorry, think of the actor who played Super Mario? Mario, and that's, uh, that's like killing oh, me. Oh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be played <laughs> by a very, a very cranky Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Manning that sub. And yeah, I mean, it, the, the Sierra class was something that was not, you know, predominantly seen in, during the Cold War, but it did make its uh, debut and it was also not featured in this film. So yeah, a nice Sierra uh, class is going to come into play. However, they are going to run silent, run deep. And what they're actually going to do is they're going to run into the bottom of the U.S. sub that is tailing the Red October. Unfortunately, it's going to rupture the hole, but it does deflect a torpedo shot that would have destroyed the Red October. And down goes the angry beaver. (laughs) 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 While men are desperately trying to get out, he's like, stand your ground. (laughs) Mother Russia is watching. (laughs) In a Bob Bob Hoskins way, you know what? He'll just stand there with his gun loaded and he'll just look at all of them and say, you cannot avoid the red tape. <laughs> because I just love Bob. I love Bob Hoskins and Enemy at the Gates. So, Jack, you want to go last? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go last. Uh, I, I didn't know if you were, you were kind of like hoping to or not. All right. No, no, no. You- so mine, the captain, Sasha. He's uh, the captain <laughs> of the Anvil, a K-class sub, um, K-77. His special department is his engineering crew. Uh, they can push the sub harder and faster uh, than any Russian sub that uh, is in the fleet. And the way that I envision them entering this fight uh, is kind of from one of the, the wolf packs that are like kind of pressing in on, on the group, kind of like doing their pings, but they've kind of broken free and are just gunning it. That's why they're a little bit faster. And they're jumping into the fight. How they kind of meet their demise in Star Wars uh, Episode Four. There is a great moment where the Tie Fighter is is on their tail and Wedge. Like they do that quick little divert, and Wedge comes in and brat brat brat, and just right in their face shoots them point blank almost, and goes like right through them. That's how I kind of want the doubt. Like, they get off two torpedoes, you know, they miss, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's kind of shooting back and forth. But the Dallas does that where the Red October is going 
and the Dallas kind of comes right up over them, shoots torpedo, point blank, kabooey. So yeah, yeah. the Bertu. All right, all right. The Bertu. <laughs> so uh, I took a little bit of artistic license. It is not a Soviet submarine, uh, but the, the detonation of the original torpedo that was dropped by the helicopter, you know, and then Admiral Greer detonated it. Uh, that, along with the active sonar, has awoken a long dead German Type 21 U boat. <laughs> it rises wow. from the mud, a necromantic <laughs> lich U boat, led by High Lich Captain Schmidt. Jesus. This U-boat is called uh, uh, Der Blitzwurster, <laughs> the lightning sausage, <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> and it enters the fray just firing spread after spread of unguided torpedoes. <laughs> now, originally, these these other submarines are able to dodge them uh, by calculating their, their trajectory. Now, while they're, they're dodging these torpedoes, a secret communication goes out from the Dallas to the forgotten DSRV. Now, the, the member of the DSRV also is a Navy chaplain, and he sneaks and docks with Der Blitzverste using their universal docking clamp, opens up the inside and performs a underwater exorcism to destroy and finally put together, or put down and to put to rest, Captain Schmidt of Der Blitzverste. Whoa, Jesus. that took a churn. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I got for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's what but I got. But then it seems that Jack that's Ryan is like taken over by the crew, but he gives a wink. Humnum Shabai, Humnum Shabai. What? <laughs> <laughs> God, and all of a sudden he's like, it's a goddamn cock. Boom, boom, boom. Bow, bow, go, yeah. Some priest here don't react well to undead. <laughs> <laughs> to undead. Uh, so this this movie's great, but what would you guys rate this film? And Jack minus five on your. No. <laughs> no. What would you guys rate this film? Uh, usually, I, I give like a fucked up rating, <laughs> like it's yeah, it's it's a, a waning moon, fucking whatever. But um, this, I will go on record and say it's. I think this is a a ten out of ten wow. for me. I've I've seen it so many times. This movie pleases me to no end. That I'm just happy as a clam. Like this, watching this movie three times in the past week, yeah, was was not a chore for me. Uh, so. It, you know, it's not the best submarine movie out there. It's got its its pitfalls, but yeah, I fucking love it. This movie doesn't hold the action quite like like U five seven one holds the fucking action of a submarine film. Like that that film I, the whole time I'm like, oh shit, does Matthew Mc do they die? Like, oh fuck, it's it's so on the edge of your seat type thrill. This is so much more story. It's rich. You've got a. You've got this like pull because it's Jack Ryan. The cast, all of it together, gives it eight point five pings out of ten. <laughs> it it really. When you say the, it's not the best submarine movie. Maybe not, but it's it's damn near at like number one or you know it's number two, number three. It's not. Oh, it's it's yeah, definitely it's, top five. Oh, very, definitely. very much so. And I yeah. can't think of a another submarine movie where I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know, 
I would way rather watch that than Red October, you know. That's true, but the height of the pandemic, I rewatched Das Boot. Okay. Mm. And I found a whole new appreciation for it. But, like, that's like a three-hour goddamn movie. And that is like fucking just tense and slow burn at the same time. Whereas like, and that's, that's like a, like a, a, one of those five star restaurants where they keep on serving like little courses of like, oh, the microgreens. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the uh, did you try the truffle foam? <laughs> Whereas like the Hunt for the Red October is just like a nice fucking grilled cheeseburger you made yourself. You topped it off with like your your sautéed mushrooms or whatever the hell you want to put on it, and when you sit down and you bite into it, you're just like chopped Sh- all it. <laughs> 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 True. What would you rate it? So I would give this uh, four out of five torpedo launches. I I really did enjoy it. It's 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 good. It was very good to rewatch it again. I appreciate it a lot more, obviously, since I'm not like, you know, a 16 year old kid ah! watching it for the first time. I <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate a lot more of the writing. I can appreciate, you know, understanding the magnitude of the casting as well. And it's it's good. It is intense. I think I can forgive, you know, the uh, the green screen coming through half of Alec Baldwin's yeah, face at the yeah. end. But did you love that? And like my grandfather used to take me to fish right on that island. And you're thinking like, well, that's convenient. <laughs> and, and, and quick aside, the Christopher Columbus quote oh, is not is real. Fake. <laughs> it was made up by the, the screenwriter you know, or something. The screenwriter. <laughs> What was it about? It was Sean Connery. It was Connery, but he didn't correct him, <laughs> which just like takes away again. Who's going to correct Ramius? <laughs> I mean, he's already called him out on the fact <laughs> exactly. of saying, "Like I've read your books." They were shit. I mean, essentially, don't. He's not going to give him any more firepower. It's so, like I don't think Columbus said that. Did you now? <laughs> Welcome to the new oh, world, Captain. <laughs> Buckaroo. <laughs> uh, Drew, how can people get a hold of us to hear more of this grade A shit? <laughs> this grade A. <laughs> this I was grade talking about A. For Twenty minutes. <laughs> 100% certified Angus Real Feels. Guys, you can always find us up on Twitter. Just search for at Real Feels Pod. You can also search for the Real Feels Podcast up on Instagram, which I will never update. And you can also look for us on Facebook. Uh, any other of the podcatchers out there, obviously, you know where to find us. You're listening to the episode right now. But also, you can shoot us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. But more importantly, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, all you got to do is call the Tooch line. Tooch line. Just give me a Tooch. Just give it a Tooch. tooch. (laughs) One Tooch. Just Tooch the keys. Tooch the keys. You guys can call the Tooch line at 661-376-0030. We we did have a recent voicemail. Uh, It came from someone. (laughs) It came from someone called (laughs) Buffalo Jack. And I, Jack's even like, I listened to it. And I'm like, that's Jack. And then, and then I waited a few hours and he texts. He's all like, did we, did we get any voicemails? And I'm like, did you, did you call from the work phone, Jack? So there was a voicemail? 
So you say in there with the voice though. <laughs> I work, I work a, f- a fair amount of Saturdays alone at the office, and, and that was that was a nice little break for me. Uh, but yeah, folks, give it a call. Give it a call, and and don't be dissuaded. Like it will ask, like you know, please say your name, but you don't have you don't to have say to. your name. Say your name. Just just say nothing, and it will still allow you to leave a message. You can still leave a message. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah if it's a, if it, even if it says say your name, you could just do, sit there and go, and it'll send you on through. We gather these names in the forest. There you go. We do have a Patreon. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Ooh, a Patreon. So for, I, I, I'd say about $1.5 million, uh, we will put on a nationwide tour of Hunt for Red October the musical yes it'll be fan fucking tastic what books what books halsey acted stupidly ryan (laughs) most things in here don't react well well to bullets con crazy ivan we present to you the ballistic missile bolt red october red october there's some it's the goddamn <laughs> cook. It's the goddamn cook. It's the goddamn cook. <laughs> it's the cook. It's the cook. It's the cook. 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 The resident doesn't take a dump without making a plan. I don't know. We'll Hamilton <laughs> yeah. this shit up. Good. Maybe we can get Lin Manuel Miranda to help us out. Punch it up Just a little bit. Come on, man! Like crazy. I think he. I think he'd be down for that. I mean, he he obviously listens to the show. So uh, you know, Lin Manuel, you know, get on here. We need your help. <laughs> give me a ping. We're gonna want a ping. Give, give me a ping. You're gonna want a ping. Refair by the rage. Give me that ping. Got two minutes, Jack Ryan. <laughs> you got two minutes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I've met the man. Have you? Fuck off. Kiss your baby. Lollipops. Steal the lollipops. Oh. There's just going to be the single secret track of, like, who's Stanley? He's a bear for my daughter. He needs a brother. He's a bear. Uh, I miss you, (laughs) political officer Putin. He slept on his teeth. He spilled the tea. So what have you guys been watching? Ooh. Uh, I just finished uh, The Haunting of Hill House, and yeah. I cannot recommend Delicious. that enough. I, I know it's a scary film if, if you're, you know, a uh, series. If you're not into scary series, everyone, give it a, just get through it because the end is so good. So good. I would probably I would probably say this. If you were a fan of the TV miniseries, it was basically like a, a movie that was broken up into like three or four parts back in the day. If you enjoyed Stephen King's Rose Red, then you will very much enjoy The Haunting of Hill House. Now, have either of you guys started Bly Manor? No, not yet. No, not yet. It's still very much worth it, but it is a completely different beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we finished that. We enjoyed it, but again, it's it's so it's so different. Right. Yeah, but but still worthwhile. The new season of the Great British Baking Show 
is out. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But they're releasing it like it's hot shit, so they're only releasing one episode on Fridays. Oh my gosh. And after we finished up The Boys, which, by the way, the finale of season two of The Boys was, I thought, pretty fantastic. I thought season two was pretty good all around. I'm about halfway through. It's, it's decent, but we really do get down with the Great British Baking Show. We, we enjoy it quite a lot. And this Friday, upcoming Friday, we're going to have the uh, season two of The Mandalorian dropping. Ooh. Cannot wait. That's gonna be good for a for a nice weekend. And Uh, then coming up in December, if you are a fan, uh, the I think the fifth season of The Expanse comes out on Amazon Prime, and that is also uh, well sought after in my book. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, you know, mostly for the month of October, it is my you know hashtag thirty one days of horror challenge. So it's just been uh, lots of horror movies for for good old Drew. I'm, I'm well beyond my mark, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to powerhouse through, you know, the entire month. Uh, in my downtime when I have already finished some horror movies, you know what? Honestly, I was kind of questioning it. But uh, after Lovecraft Country already ended and I didn't really have anything to kind of be watching, I restarted Family Matters on Hulu. Whoa. I'm not disappointed anymore. Did I do that? Speaking of... <laughs> it's it's so fun little, to go uh, back and watch in. it. Uh, speaking of um, Lovecraft Country, Courtney B. Vance is in that... Is in that series? Oh, that's right. He was the brother. Was that uh, this not Atticus, one's gonna be close? But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and also, I I do love uh, the actor that plays uh, that that's in that. He's the father, and he played Omar in uh, The Wire. <laughs> also very, <laughs> also good. very good. But I mean, we haven't finished it. We're on episode seven. We've sort of had that in our back pocket because uh, we knew we were going to hit some some Terminals. drought here uh, until. Uh, until the uh, Mandalorian came out. I am mm-hmm. not looking forward to Dexter like I should be. I'm very, very <sighs> hesitant. <laughs> I, I have been hurt. Uh, I am emotionally fragile. <laughs> I don't feel that it deserves a... Uh, it's definitely not a show I'm going to rewatch just for this new season, whatever it is. Like, reboot or... I don't know. Dexter, for me, it was like a like a beef wellington. Like, oh my God! Look at the look at the flakiness of the crust. The first couple seasons. Let's let's cut through that. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's wrapped in prosciutto. It's got the mushrooms <laughs> on the outside and the mustard. Oh, ooh, look at that steak. Is is that prime? That looks prime grade. And then when you get to the end and you cut all the way through it, there's maggots inside. Oh, that's yeah, I can't oh God. answer for me. It was that final that final oh. season was. Still not as bad. Like it just as went downhill. Game of season eight. Fuck you. Season mm. eight. The Game of Thrones. Well, that's yeah, that's true. Oh well, yeah, it that's be. just that's just what it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Disengage all the safeties. Uh, we will make that mistake twice. Guys, don't forget before you go that uh, on November seventh, I'm going to be joining two girls on a bench, Trisha and Shauna, for a very special event to raise money for epilepsy awareness. And it's called The Bench Gives Back. So be sure to listen to their promo, which I'll play for you guys at the end of the episode. And we hope you guys can join us on November 7th with all your donations and more importantly, your support. Well, uh, everyone, thank you guys all so much for for tuning in. Uh, We really hope that you guys um, give us a shout out and check us out. 
on all those social media things. Sorry for dissing social media, but um, <laughs> definitely everyone else <laughs> should definitely stay on social media and spread the word. <laughs> um, hey, until then, everyone, you're the realist. And the feelist. Next time, Jack, just write a memo. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Montana. <laughs> Did you know that 65 million people worldwide have epilepsy, and for 3.4 million, we don't know why? That's right, and did you know that one out of every 26 people have epilepsy, and Trisha's daughter is one of them? Hi, this is Shauna and Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. We want to tell you about our upcoming fundraiser, The Bench Gives Back, November 7th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Time. We will be live streaming on Get Focal with some of your favorite podcasts to raise funds to find a cure for epilepsy. So join us, tell a friend, bring your wallet, and enjoy a day of fun podcasters and special guests. We'll see you then. Bye.